Get fired up for another episode of Real Deal No Sex Appeal. A constant barrage of eye-opening conspiracies and ad-libbed innuendo. With filthy mouths and bad attitudes. Featuring Chris. On the streets, he's known as a jackass. Also featuring Parker. Yes, there's no two ways about it. He's super white. And our special guest, Alex. No one knows what it means, but it's provocative. Entire production supervised by Bigfoot. Now, let's join the boys for their latest episode. Well, ladies and gentlemen, Alex is a sleepy little boy, so instead of talking about Ghost Rider Spirit of Vengeance, we're going to talk about a more well-known movie. This is called Dodgema. And it's it's about a killer dodgeball, like in Shackma, but instead of a monkey, it's recess. So get ready for this one by Kevin Smith, courtesy of the wheel. Yeah, well, oh, the wheel like takes no prisoners. Oh my god, we don't have to spin the wheel today. Oh, oh my god, hey, I'm so Alex, happy you fell asleep. Alex, here of the week. Okay, before oh, so we get into <laughs> Oh my god, I'm so happy. <laughs> I, was like, Good, I don't want to know how my teams did. Jesus <laughs> Christ. Yeah, okay, probably that's, not great. That's, that's maybe like that's why he's asleep. His team's like did really bad, and that's you know he doesn't want to let us know. <laughs> oh no, I slept through my alarm. Okay, before Damn. you get into that, I'm sure we won't pay for this next week. <laughs> I'm sure he doesn't charge interest. <laughs> right? Yeah. Okay, uh, Parker, do we have any news? Hey, do you like uh, movies you love being rebooted for no reason? Oh yeah, great. So, a new Escape from New York movie. How do we feel about this, buddy? You can't call it that, though, right? You can't just fucking do that, though. It has to be, like, what, Escape from Chicago or something? Because the wild thing is, I I think he's coming back. So, like, are we doing one of these weird, like, sort of a reboot, but kind of not really, where it's, like, the same timeline, but it's the same plot? Like, Well, that's the thing, is you say he's coming back. When you say he, you mean Kurt Russell, not John Carpenter. Oh, yes, of course, that's... Right, yeah. John Carpenter coming yeah, back. Yeah. Fucking anything. You especially, cannot get this. Especially after the reaction to L.A., you know? He doesn't want to fucking put up with people be like, I didn't get it, you know? So, like, yeah, Kurt Russell could do it. The thing is, Kurt Russell still looks like he could do it. He looks like a guy you'd follow into, like, a burned-out city. I, I'm in a fucking heartbeat, dude. Yeah. Who's this game from Austin? Oh, my God. Buddy. It's called traffic. On the and then you get this. You get the tagline and keep Boston beard. All right. Shit. Well. Scrap this episode and start <laughs> over. <laughs> All right. Well. Uh, yeah, I can't believe. Oh, they can't just call it like Escape from Beer. You can't just do that again. Because it says you know they're gonna reboot it, but like, is it a reboot? Well, that's the thing. Is like, what is a reboot versus what is a reboot? You know, like a reboot the means thing- like the series was dormant for a while and now you're starting it up again. Like, should we just do the actual thing where, like, every big franchise thing is done, where it's like, oh, we'll bring back one person, but it's set in current day, because, like, if you just have current day Kurt Russell as current day Snake Bliskin, I'm I'm not mad at that. Like, yeah, I'm, I mean, I'll plot me it. right in there. Yeah. I'm mostly in the mindset where, like, any property that has any sort of fandom will get remade, no matter what, so it's like, well, this was attached to Robert Rodriguez, like, forever, I think. Right, so like, yeah. You know what? I like the Radio Silence team. I really like Ready or Not. I enjoyed the Scream uh, Scream 5 a good deal. So, like, hey, I'd rather be people who have made a thing I like rather than 
the current big budget trend of like, oh, you made a cool indie movie. Here's a hundred million dollars. Yeah. Make some that's, dog shit that no one wants to see. Yeah, that's uh, the whole like, working for the money sort of thing. Which uh, I think the biggest issue is like Escape from New York has like a million side characters that are all like that guys. Yeah. How are you going to capture that energy now? That's a good point. Yeah, we don't have guys anymore. It's yeah, kind of we, tough to find guys. We are lacking in guys. Yeah. Well, Seems like a bad idea, but also, if I was a director and someone offered me that, I'd take it. Especially if Kurt was attached. Like, Oh, for sure, yeah. Even if the movie sucks, like, I got to make a movie with Kurt Russell. Like, yeah, yeah, it was like, I got to talk to him between takes and be like, so what's it like making good movies? <laughs> I, I, would you mention like what you thinking about like your favorite movies being rebooted? Speaking of your favorite John Carpenter, Kurt Russell Timos from the eighties, I keep thinking about the one that's in development hell is the reboot or remake of uh, Big Trouble in Little China, which has the Rock attached to it. The Rock's been attached to that for over twenty years. I think. Yeah, it's been forever. That ain't never gonna happen. Thank goodness. That's that the one I keep holding out. You know, Jack Burton. Famously, the world's best hero. <laughs> That's <laughs> who yeah, is you know. always funny and cool <laughs> and the best, and he's stronger than everyone. And he's the smartest and also funniest, and he's hot. Yeah, that's the thing that gets me is I, I try not to get mad about like oh they're remaking your favorite movie because I just won't watch it. You know, I, I guess well, I, I kind of I kind of identify with uh, John Carpenter that way. It's like why why get beat up about it? It's money in his pocket, also. If the movie looks like it's something you don't want to see, you don't have to see it. But, like, I I would take it kind of personal if they remade that fucking movie. You don't just do that to Big Trouble Little China. Because then people are going to think the new one is the one that you ought to see. It's the same thing that happened with uh, Silent Hill 2 and 3. No bingo sheet, no else. Uh, it's... <laughs> Wait, he Silent Hill 2 and 3 are Yeah. <laughs> he just did the Undertaker. <laughs> but, like, Silent Hill 2 and 3 were really good. And then they did that awful HD remaster for the PS3 and Xbox or whatever. That was just awful. And, like, people thought, oh, those are the versions you can and should play. You shouldn't do that. And, I don't know, man. Escape from New York works because of the way that it looks and it feels. But, I don't know. Maybe they can be captured. Who knows? And again, you got anything's possible. Yeah, yeah, you got to get guys. That's number one on the list. Find some. Need a full crew of guys. Yeah. Uh, My news item is I there is a venerated director by the name of Quentin Tarantino. He directed some movies. I don't know if we ever covered them on this podcast, but some indie stuff. Some of it's all right. Worked with Harvey Weinstein, so I don't know about him. Anyway, he had a comment recently where he said, uh, "This era of movies is the worst ever." And I thought about it, I'm like, well, I guess it's a matter of opinion. I would go with the 1910s, because uh, <laughs> I've seen a lot of movies from that era, and they don't look so good. But uh, he also said something else that I really disagreed with. He says the other two worst decades for movies are the 1950s. And I'm like, well, Parker's not going to disagree with that. I, I probably well, would. But, you yes, know. sir. But the one he said, he also said the 1980s were the worst decade for movies. And I was like, hey, wait a second. You can't just fucking There's do no that. way on God's green earth he <laughs> believes that. That seems like he's doing like a take thing, you know? He does that every once in a while. Yeah, he I, said something I disagreed with, which was the N-word a lot. Oh, <laughs> that's fair. <laughs> Did you, uh, have you seen the new trailer for uh, Babylon? Uh, mercifully, no. I saw it and it looks like my shit, but I have to warn you. I just looked up the runtime. Three hours, nine minutes. 
what in the fuck are we doing? <laughs> Who let this happen? It. This looks like it's going to be tough. Uh, but everyone I, is accountable. This is <laughs> this is bullshit. <laughs> I don't know. I want to see it. It looks like uh, something that's that's for me. And Alex isn't here, unfortunately, because I, I want to mention that. So Babylon, for people who don't know, looks like it's sort of set in the uh, infancy of Hollywood. And it's like, look at all the crazy shit that was going on back then. Like, all these these cool stories. I'm like, oh, I'd be into that. Margot Robbie's in there, my future wife. A while ago, Alex got me, uh, or told me to read the book or listen to the audiobook, The Kid Stays in the Picture, about the guy who was in charge of Paramount Pictures and made a whole bunch of movies. And I got it, and I'm not very far into it, but so far, it's really good. I, I guess I like stories about movies, you know? That's kind of one of the things that you like about football is telling people stories about football. Uh, I guess we I also into... got it, but did not get into it yet because uh, I haven't opened Audible a lot recently. To be honest fair, with you, yeah. <laughs> it's been a lot of music to to get through work. Not a I... lot of time to focus on audiobooks. I know that feeling. All right, uh, I guess we get into uh, jerks of the week. Oh fuck! I can't believe you've done this. I'll go first here. One I feel kind of bad about. Uh, I usually pride myself on having a pretty good ear. I hear things somewhat well, but every once in a while I don't, and I feel like the world's oldest man. Uh, there was a, a few episodes back, I think it was the most recent one I uploaded. Sorry, I'm so far behind, people. Uh, they don't know that. Yeah, well, they'll know. I think they do at this <laughs> point, both of our well. listeners. <laughs> uh, I There was a... I don't remember what I just uploaded, but... Uh, I was mentioning the, I was recounting the tragic tale of the Twilight Zone movie, and I was just reading, I was just saying it in my normal voice, I wasn't even reading anything, I was just saying what happened, and at the end of it, Alex said, you should host Ghost Tours, and I didn't know what he was saying, I didn't, I didn't, I asked him to repeat it once, and he did, and I was like, if you ask him a second time, then you're just the old guy <laughs> on the show. I thought he was saying Ghost Whores. And I was like, is that like one of those fucking, you know, Baggins shows or Zach Baggins shows things? God, I wish. Oh, yeah, God, I, I would fucking watch that. Yeah, that would be a future episode is Ghost Horrors. But no, he was talking about Ghost Tours. And it's one of those things where you go through a haunted house and you tell people, yeah, this is where a ghost used to live. And I remember being very confused as to why you were also confused. But yeah, also, I, I'd probably... Uh, as I am now, uh, poured way too much Tito's into this Coke, so we're just trying to we're trying to hold the line here, folks. That's fair. All right, Parker, who's your jerk of the week? Another case of Hollywood accounting. These fucking liberals up there in Hollywood are trying to tell the goat James Cameron that his movie has to make two billion dollars. Absolute lie, fallacy, farcical nonsense. <laughs> trying to keep the world's greatest director down. Absolute hogwash. I don't believe it. But also, filming four movies at a time is very expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, hopefully these are really good. Well. Uh, hopefully I don't have to find out. Yeah, I don't know if we're going to want to watch it. You still haven't seen the first one, right? Nope. No, good. Just knowing that, like, Fox had gave in to all these weird demands and they got bought out. <laughs> Disney probably tried to tell him, like, hey, we're not doing that. To which he responded, yeah, I am. Like, all right, well, fair enough. It's good they, that we still have someone like contracts. that. Though. You know, I'm, I'm glad we have someone who's just like, well, I'm the one who's making it, so I am. So this is a big waste of money. Yeah, I made Terminator and Titanic, so uh, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna shoot this movie underwater. What did you guys ever make, Disney? All right, so <laughs> all right, I guess we can get into uh, what we watched recently. Starting off here with one that I've been. Uh, 
shivvied and harassed and told repeatedly, hey, you gotta watch this. This is called Boogie Nights, and it's by... Oh my God, I thought you were gonna say Marmaduke. I'm not even fucking no. kidding. <laughs> no. This week is gonna be a very special episode of uh, What Chris Watched, and then I comment on it. Yes, that's, that's fair. So... Good news, I actually don't have a lot to say about Boogie Nights. It's by Paul Thomas Anderson, and it is good. good yeah, well, yeah, I was going to, I almost said Paul W.S. Anderson. I was like, wait, no, he did, uh, he did the, uh, fucking airship movie. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think he remembers making Three Musketeers? <laughs> I guarantee so. he has no memory. <laughs> There's no way, man. But, I mean, he got to ride in an airship. That must have been, you know, memorable. <laughs> <laughs> So back to Boogie Nights from the airship movie. Uh, Boogie Nights is... Uh, I, I don't know how I would describe the genre of this. I would call it fake biopic. It's about uh, Mark Wahlberg as Dirk Diggler, a porn star from the 1970s. You know, Not to be confused with Donnie Berger. Yeah, very fucking nemesis. Donnie Berger. <laughs> and his evil twin Beauregard. Anyway, uh, so I've mentioned on the show before, and you know, some teasing. I, I am a you know a bit anti-porn, and uh, that doesn't mean like I can't watch movies about it because it's still like I watch movies about drugs. I'm not cool enough to do that either. But uh, Boogie Nights is about I would call it the least interesting era of porn. You know, it's in the 1970s. I don't fucking care about that. All their hair looks stupid. And this is not a very nice thing to say, but it's true. The women weren't as attractive then as they are now. Like, what am I supposed to do here? But what really helps this is the onslaught of guys. This is just going to be a guys episode. Boogie Nights has... It is just filled with stars. Like, in the first, like, five minutes I'm going through, I was like, I know that person, that person, that person, that person. I was like, everyone is in this movie. Including Luis Guzman. I am in a section of the list, Parker, in which Luis Guzman keeps turning up in fucking movies. I don't, I don't remember getting to that section. <laughs> maybe it's not Maybe it's not in like the horror movies list, but like other movies I'm watching from around this time. It's like, why does Luis Guzman keep... Do people think he's funny? What's his favorite joke? I don't, I don't get why people think this guy's really funny. He's really hard to look at, hard to understand. I don't, I don't get it. But he's not the... Don Cheadle's in this movie. He's, oh, he's good. Right. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, a bunch of other people. The one that I really like liked, uh, the one I really like liked, what an idiotic thing to say. Keep that. <laughs> I was going to anyway, let it go. Thank you. I appreciate that. <laughs> uh, the one that I really enjoyed watching was John C. Riley. I think John C. Riley is the key to the movie because if you were to believe IMDb, the real genre of this movie is comedy drama, which is the vaguest fucking description of this movie that you could possibly muster. I, the whole time I just wasn't laughing because I just didn't think it was very funny, which is the same reaction that I had to uh, a movie by top, by Paul Thomas Anderson that I liked a lot more, Punch Drunk Love. And uh, the, the only other Paul Thomas Anderson movie I think I've seen is um, There Will Be Blood, which does not have jokes. But like, even though I loved Punch Drunk Love, I think I only laughed out loud maybe once. And for this movie... I only laughed out loud a couple times, and it was only when John C. Riley was on screen because he is bringing the requisite amount of stupidity that is needed for this role. Every single mannerism that he that he does, every single thing that he says, every single line he delivers is so stupid, and he is doing the right amount of stupid. Like, when someone's talking, he's trying to pay attention and doing it in a way to try to look smart. He's going like this, like, hmm, ah, uh, I see. In a way that clearly shows he has no idea what's going on. 
that's just great direction and it's great acting and i love it the first time where they go to like a pool party at uh Burt reynolds house who very visibly observably does not want to be in this movie and uh, turns out in real life didn't want to be in that movie uh john the c fucking Ro- nerve of him that's <laughs> yeah. an unwatchable three hour it's, bullshit from it's the 70s. almost certainly his best movie <laughs> he Correct. got nominated same for with mark Wahlberg. also mark Wahlberg that hates too, yeah. this movie too and has been in like he was yeah he was apologizing ever. i bet i bet like his new wife or something like that was like i can't believe you made a porn movie it was just like no it was like fake porn then he had to apologize for it anyway otherwise i hate this movie where i'm the coolest guy in the world and i have a humongous penis <laughs> i hate it so much that's like where this every is the movie... single person's like bro your cock is enormous that's the thing it's like you can make yeah. a little Chris watches Mark Wahlberg movies, which, by the way, that's not actually a thing. Like, I watch children's movies. I don't actually, like, oh, boy, Mark Wahlberg's in this one. Uh, Mark, Mark Wahlberg's actually really good in this. What am I going to do? Why? He's, he, he delivers a wonderful performance. The best part of the movie for me is, uh, oh, by the way, about John C. Reilly, when they first go to that pool party at Burn Reynolds' house, and uh, Dirk Diggler is talking to him, and every single thing that he says, John C. Reilly reacts with, that's cool. Uh-huh. Oh, that's pretty cool. <laughs> No, no, yeah, that's cool. You know, it's I, I just love that. It's like that seems like the most realistic, relatable character in the whole movie. But the other thing about it, and I'm happy for the scene, not because like oh, anti porn crusade over here. It's that really, really tough to watch scene, the one that you wrote in your review about Dirk Diggler reaping Dirk Diggler sowing. You know, this <laughs> that it's a sad scene in which um uh fucking. He gets uh, beat up by those group of homophobes for jacking off in the car because he's desperately in need of money because he has a coke habit. Meanwhile, uh, that one guy sexually assaults uh, uh, a girl in uh, Burt Reynolds' limo and they're trying to film it and everything. And the only problem with that scene is the guy says to uh, Burt Reynolds, oh, your films suck now. I was like, dude, no one knows the name of porn directors. Let's not fucking... <laughs> that, that's impossible. <laughs> But uh, the the whole time it, there's a there's a musical track playing in the background that's just it's really repetitive. It's like doom, doom. It's just repeating for like seventeen minutes. And some people would say that's annoying. To me, it was perfect. It really felt like a, a tolling of a bell of like this is what will happen if you go into this terrible industry. And uh, ultimately, I, I don't know what the point of the movie was. No one changes in this movie, so I don't know how great it is as far as storytelling is. But if I were to call this movie bad or say I didn't like it, I'd be a fucking liar. But I, I will say I wasn't, like, super passionate about it. I'm not, like, rushing out like, you guys see Boogie Nights? Like, I'm fucking whatever. It's a good movie. As someone who is on the verge of finishing the list... How does the Alfred Molina scene rank above all of those horror movies in terms of how tense you were while watching it? Because, my God, the little firecrackers going off the entire time as it slowly escalates is perfection. I, you know, that's up there, but I I kept wondering, if you're trying to have a good time, why would you have those going off in your house? That doesn't seem like fun to me, especially if you're on drugs like he was. I was like, why would you fucking do that? Also, good point. It's like, dude, what the fuck are you doing? Why are you trying to leave? And also, uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman, the goat. Absolutely oh, yeah. incredible. Yeah, Philip Seymour Hoffman. And William Hoffman, H. Macy. Man. God, so many oh, guys. Oh, yeah, William H. Yeah, exactly. William H. Macy. Uh, guy energy. This is one year after he did Fargo. That's so, insane. Yeah. I think of Philip Seymour Hoffman's delivery of, 
fucking idiot like <laughs> on a near daily basis in my life. The uh, absolute despair and sadness in his voice—it's <laughs> just like weeping at the party. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, that that was a good movie. And here's another good one from 1997 that Alex wanted me to watch. This is called Wag the Dog. Uh, the white girl version is Shag the Dog. Boom. Count it Got and him. one. All right. So next one. No. Anyway, Wag the Dog is actually really good. This is, I did not know this was a comedy. I, I remember hearing about Wag the Dog back in 1997, late 97, early 98, because obviously my dad listened to a lot of Rush Limbaugh and... There was an incident in which uh, Bill Clinton, who was president of the United States, uh, hooked up with an intern named Monica Lewinsky. And to distract from that, he bombed Bosnia. Some, like, I'm <laughs> kind of simplifying this. And people and people are like, oh, that's not really what happened. In the yeah, it's what happened. It's kind of obvious. Yeah, and people are like, hey, that's just what happened in Wag the Dog, which came out that year. <laughs> and uh, I, there is a real possibility that Bill Clinton looked at that movie and said, hey, guess what I'm going to do next? Here's the thing. Wag the, I, so I'd heard of Wag the Dog. I'd, I'd known about it. Wag the Dog is actually explicitly a comedy. A very, very funny comedy. At times, a very dark comedy. But it's hysterical. The basic idea here is the president, who you never actually see his face, is caught in flagrante delicto with a Girl Scout. And uh, you don't actually know if this happened. Whether it happened is not important. What's important is they bring in the fixer. The fixer is Robert De Niro. He's the one who's going to come up with all the ideas to distract the press, come up with a new idea. So he decides to start a war. Not a real one, but one for TV. Who's he going to get to do this? Uh, who's the guy from The Graduate? I forgot his name. The one with the stupid voice. Oh, god damn it. Uh, Rain Man. Ah. He gets Rain Man to do it. Yes, there you yeah. go. Dustin yeah. Hoffman. Yeah, Dustin Hoffman. To do it, and uh, I, I had no business pulling that out. Thank you. <laughs> I think they brought that up because they had to find someone who was shorter than Robert De Niro. Anyway, uh, this I would actually recommend this movie to you. I think you would find this movie hysterical because uh, Dustin Hoffman's role in this movie is he was a producer of many Hollywood films, none of which won the Oscar, which he's always bitching about in the movie. But he said, but Robert De Niro says, hey, if you produced a, a movie, you could produce a war. So they produce a fake war in, uh, I don't know, Elbonia or whatever. And they use that to try to distract the press. And one of the things they do is they bring in a young girl. She's an Elbonian native or whatever. And they bring her on to a set. This is 1997, by the way. They're doing this technology. And they have her holding a bag of Tostitos. And... Uh, they have a bunch of different cats and stuff to choose from, and the idea was like, oh, she's going to be rescuing a little cat. It's like, oh, won't that be so pitiable? This little girl rescuing a, a cat from this war-torn country. And uh, it's like, okay, and she's got uh, the cat in her hand. She says, this is chips. <laughs> and I, the delivery of that line was my favorite part of the movie. Uh, but they do, like, they blue screen it or green screen or whatever to become a cat. They choose different kind of cats like, oh, that cat looks better than the other one. For a while, you're not quite sure what the wavelength of the movie is, but once you lock on, it's hysterical. It is very, very funny. And a lot of people would say, oh, this is trying to. It's a bit heavy-handed about like the way that technology and the media you know, complicates our lives. You really think we'd be deceived by something that heavy-handed? But Bill Clinton did it. <laughs> so... <laughs> I mean, say what you want about Rush Limbaugh, but uh, he and every single person was just like, hey, kind of like in that movie, 
they were objectively right. That's exactly what happened. So well, actually, I'm that'll just... never happen again. It's okay. But as <laughs> as I as I said so many times on here, if you're gonna rip something off, you might as well rip off something good. And Wag the Dog is actually really really good. So uh, Alex, when you listen to this next year, thank you for that one. Uh, also, thank you for telling me I'd be good at ghost tours. Something to put on the resume. Well, I watched a lot of really good movies in a row, but one of a, but it was punctuated by one bad movie in there. Star Trek Insurrection. This is the third Star Trek Next Generations movie, and it's definitely one of the worst. This is maybe not as bad as Five or Into Darkness, but Insurrection is like notoriously bad. The basic idea is the crew goes down to this hippie planet with a bunch of fucking pinkos, and they have like the secret technology of immortality, but they don't actually use technology. Some stupid shit. And some other race of people is like, hey, we have to get you guys off this planet so we can use the technology to save people's lives, people who are a lot cooler than you. And uh, fucking Picard doesn't want to do it because he has the hots for one of the women on there. And it kind of violates like the one of the key principles of Star Trek is the needs of the many outweigh the needs of the few. There was a previous episode of the TNG where they moved a bunch of Native Americans but they called them Indians the whole time. Well, I watched Wendigo. Wendigo. Oh, yeah? Wendigo is not very good. Let me tell you this. I know, I've, I've heard about Wendigo. I think when you and uh, Alex were talking about like the, the top ten cryptids thing or whatever. Yes, sir. And I was like, what the fuck is the Wendigo? And I didn't do any research because I didn't care. But uh, I guess it's like a Canadian thing or something. Maybe it's like a wolf yeah, thing. Yeah, it's a Native American thing. Oh, Native American. The same thing. Anyway. Uh, Why do you think I've heard of it? I live in Texas. Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, a Wendigo is uh, about a bunch of, it's like a family, including Dewey from uh, Malcolm in the Middle. <laughs> the absolute single thing I remember from watching Wendigo. <laughs> yeah, guy who I had last seen in fucking Joe Dirt. Uh, Better movie? I, honestly, yeah, maybe. Yeah. yeah, Joe Dirt had like one thing I laughed at. Wendigo had nothing that was cool. I thought they were going to do like a tension thing. It was like, oh, Otis the Redneck Hunter is going to hunt down and kill them. No, it's just like they see like a weird looking deer like it's a Guillermo del Toro movie. I didn't like this one very much. I, I think Wendigo is uh, hot garbage. We joke around a lot of like, wow, how did this movie make the list? But like for real though. Yeah. <laughs> I was just sitting there baffled the whole time of like, is this going to like... What does this pick up? Is this going to move, you know? Like, this is... It doesn't do anything. I think people, like, they looked at the title like, yeah, that sounds like a horror movie. They put it on the list. There's a monster in there. Yeah, technically. Well, I didn't like it as much as this one movie that I saw. Which, by the way, I this movie is actually in French, but I watch it in English. This is called Brotherhood of the Wolf. Oh, hell yeah, dude. Yeah, watch the English dub. This is directed by Christoph Gans, the guy who also did uh, Silent Hill. Uh, oh hell no dude yeah but brotherhood of the wolf for a movie that's like two and a half hours and foreign this is pretty good i had a good time with this one this is like that scene at the beginning of the woman going back and forth getting killed by the wolf that that was really well done uh it did kind of feel like she it kind of felt like she was going back and forth i was like i was like clapping my hands like a little pepper this it feels like they were making with the same production value as like mary shelley's frankenstein but this one's good this was, like, fun to look at, and, like, I'm interested. And it almost feels like Master and Commander, but there's a killer wolf, and they have to figure out what to do there. And the wolf looks really weird, but I don't care. I had a good time with it. You get Mark Dacascos doing a lot of knife play, which is exactly yes, what you want. That's exactly what I like. It's like the, the first season of Yu-Gi-Oh! where they played knife games. 
Yeah. You know, the good news about that recording fucking up and me missing talking about all those good movies is now I have time to talk about the really bad ones. Valentine is a future <laughs> episode. Oh, is it ever. It is astonishing Holy that we haven't done this three times already. That movie <laughs> fucking stinks. <laughs> Who's your lead? David Boreanaz. Try again. <laughs> Oh, he, he's not good in this. Let me tell you something. This How movie is Denise very Richards? silly. Did Denise she do Richards. anything for you? Well, that's the thing. It's like the only thing I liked about this movie is I got to see Denise Richards in a bikini. That's not enough, man. I, Correct. You gotta do more with your movie than that. Because this reminded me of, uh, it reminded me of Prom Night. You know, the bad one. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's reminding me a lot of the, uh, this movie that fucking sucks and I hate. <laughs> Getting a lot of boss baby vibes from Valentine. <laughs> oh, Valentine's... It's crazy because, like, Valentine is... Uh, it's PG-13, and you can you can tell when you get to a PG-13 movie on the list because they're like, oh, they're not going as far as they ought to. There's a scene in this movie. The basic idea is... It's, it's like every other one of those fucking slashers. Like, the kids, when they were 11 years old, they were at the party... You know, like the the sock hop or whatever, and there was that nerdy Could guy that none of the girls wanted to dance with. That he was, Could he was. <laughs> she spurned me. I've been spurned, <laughs> and he decides that he will become a serial killer once he becomes David Boreanaz, and uh, <laughs> our charismatic lead. <laughs> Let me tell you Angel. something, dude. I, you can play a fun game here. Search for the likable character. It's it's somehow the only likable character in this movie is Denise Richards, <laughs> and she's she's coded in this movie. It's like oh she's the slut with a heart of stone. Yeah, I like her more than everyone else. It's <laughs> like that right now. <laughs> everyone else in this movie is like a fucking asshole. <laughs> like the most she does in this movie is some guy. I can't get over this fucking. We are going to talk about this when we do this episode. Some guy, the coolest guy in the world. Uh, is he? He's like, hey, come upstairs with me. I got a surprise to show you. And she goes upstairs, like, ooh, where's the surprise? He pulls down his pants and shows her his dick. He's like, there it is. And she's like, you brought me up here to show me your dick. And he's like, yeah, wax it. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> and and she's just thinking, it's like, how do I turn this into a watchable movie? Okay, I got something. Tell you what, lie down on the bed. Uh, Close your eyes, which I don't think he does. And she, like, ties his, like, wrist to, like, the bedpost. They're like, oh, she's gonna to fuck him. And she doesn't. Instead, she, I think she pours, like, candle wax on his dick. And uh, she's like, yeah, take that. And she walks away and he calls her a fucking bitch whore thing, which makes her not want to untie him. <laughs> so uh, she goes back to the rest of the party, which, by the way, the party is playing my one of my favorite dance songs. You know, the one that goes like... And all the people are dancing around like, you know, like, they dance around like Sims. <laughs> oh my God, babe, they're playing our favorite Fear Factory song. Take me to the dance floor. All oh, right. I can't believe they're playing Halloween here. I got a second. High school prom blaring power metal over your shitty speakers. It really felt like, well, I guess it's technically college because they're like talking about college stuff but either way that's what gets me though it's like if this is a high school thing yeah make it pg-13 but they're in college you can you can show tits you can show blood that reminds me about the sex in this movie okay so at one point they go into it's not like a you know scary haunted house sort of like thing you know and you're like oh the killer's gonna be in there it's this it's more like a sex house i don't know what it's not like a, a house of ill repute what it is is they walk into like this house of like 
instead of mirrors, it's a bunch of images of bodies in various states of undress. One of them is a close-up of a man's lips. It's like a, a TV as big as the one in your living room right now. It's just a close-up of a man's lips saying, Love me. Love me. Love me. If I was in that house... I would start breaking every single monitor until I found my way out. Like, fucking the climax of Enter the Dragon, which we'll get to. <laughs> that That is exactly... That was precisely what I would do. Because that was fucking hideous to behold. Valentine is somehow one of the most generic fucking slashers I've ever seen. And, like, I'll admit, I didn't see the twists coming. I don't care. How, co- how could you? <laughs> yeah, it sucks. <laughs> it's, it's fucking stupid. Hey, you didn't see that coming. Like, You're right. Yeah. I didn't yeah. expect to have my afternoon ruined. But yeah, you did it. Now here's a moving on to something that's equally embarrassing. Hannibal. Oh, this made the future. list. This episode. <laughs> Holy. Two hours shit. and fourteen minutes too. Yeah, this made the list, and Red Dragon didn't. What? Like Red Dragon is like one of the most boring. Like, oh yes, this is the worst version of a movie that exists. But Hannibal is fucking. At least wild. Red Dragon is based on like a good story. Like, I, okay, I like I don't want to be like the Red Dragon defender on here, but I've seen like bits and pieces, and I was like, this looks all right. Hannibal is so embarrassing. It really bothers me. Okay, because I really fucking love Manhunter, and I really fucking love Silence of the Lambs. I think Silence of the Lambs might be in my top ten of all time. It is just great storytelling there's so much detail and the characters are so well defined hannibal so right off the bat uh fucking uh, what was her name who played the lead actress in the in the silence movie jodie foster she won an oscar chris get it together uh she decided you know what i don't want to come back and play clarice starlet she she said she got offered more money than she had ever been offered before to play the role and she said no i don't think this was right for the character i'm not going to do it and uh, that takes some guts. And I, I'm happy that she did that because, you know, artists ha- have to have integrity. And then she directed The Beaver. So they were able to bring... <laughs> <laughs> so they were able to, to bring back uh, Anthony Hopkins in the role of Hannibal Lecter. They actually call him Hannibal the Cannibal in this movie because we're stupid. Uh, this was... Hey, uh, well, when you watch this movie and you see him, like, just do this script you're like yeah it makes sense you do a transformers movie <laughs> yeah <laughs> well also this is directed by ridley scott uh also known as that Shibley man's scott. filmography yes it is one of the back and forth worse than my audio <laughs> fucking bonkers to this day yeah this was the year after gladiator uh apparently the God, story so here cool. is they went to him on gladiator like the studio's like hey dude we're gonna give you the reins to the new hannibal lecter movie and but they said Hannibal, and he thought they were talking about like some ancient Roman motherfucker. He's just like, I'm already doing that, and they were like, No, Hannibal Lecter, from the movie. And he was like, Oh, okay, I guess I'll do that. And he did. This you're movie, gonna pay me how much? Yeah. <laughs> this oh, movie, so I don't need to see a script. It'll be fine. He's still oh, he's still writing the book. It's probably gonna be good. Yeah. Well, that's the thing is, I was it Thomas Harris is the guy who wrote the books. I feel like. So, like, look, you, you like Silence of the Lambs, you like Manhunter, you think maybe the Thomas Harris books are good. I hear they're very good. Well, Based on this, I don't think maybe his later works are good, because apparently Thomas Harris wrote the book for Hannibal. And this stinks on ice. Yeah, he wrote the book knowing it was going to get picked up because of how big Silence was. Mm-hmm. Which is always good when you write a book and be like, ha, oh, this would look good in a movie. 
Yeah, incorrect. No, apparently he's a recluse and he's like really, really Same. shy about people and, and he doesn't want to fucking talk about his works. Maybe this is I why. I wouldn't either. Because <laughs> <laughs> I also, I think he was the one who wrote the original, uh, either he wrote the screenplay for or he wrote the book for Hannibal Rising. Oh, Remember, he sure did. Yeah, dude, if that's, that's on you, I... now your books are not going to be bought no more. <laughs> you guys love this character. You want to know Hannibal's backstory. Like, exactly. That's a, Yeah, it's like it's like learning the backstory for fucking Michael Byron. You guys saw Silence and Lambs, right? Yeah, like 15 years ago. Exactly. You want to know what he was like as a kid? Get off me, you freak. <laughs> Leave me alone. Well, that's the thing is Hannibal is 10 years later, you know? And... There's there's so many like elements of greatness that could have been there. This could have been a good movie, but you have to make major major plot changes. Your review really on Letterbox uh, sealed the deal for me. It was like, yeah, I love watching a two plus hour cat and mouse game where the two people are on different fucking continents. I hope she finds them around the next corner. <laughs> who who can forget the thrilling scene at the end of Silence of the Lambs where she's going through the house and they're like, oh, just kidding, we're in Europa. Like, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I like fucking Hannibal Lecter sending her letters. Like, I do believe that you are destined to come after me, Clarice. Although I shan't be giving you my present location. Be like, you really, you had to like do that for us in this fucking shit. Also, I know you're gonna find me. I haven't <laughs> spoken to you in ten years, yeah. you freak. <laughs> Ray Liotta, like you said, playing one of those <laughs> like sexual harassment videos. <laughs> he is, man. I mean, look, and, if you're gonna get. 2000 Ray Liotta. You gotta use him for something. Yeah. How come Gary Oldman was trying harder than everyone else in this? <laughs> he doesn't know how not to, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah he's, he's doing I mean, good. give the movie credit. It sucks. It's real bad. But you ain't ever gonna forget that Gary Oldman performance. Oh, no. That's... Yeah, you're gonna be thinking about that for a hot second. That's the thing that gets me. It's like, he's, a, he's an evil, awful person. He's a child rapist. And, like, you're happy to see his, his, uh, his comeuppance. But you know his comeuppance is coming. So at the end of the movie where he's getting eaten by feral hogs and doesn't have an AK-47 to defend himself, <laughs> it's not surprising. And it's not like, oh, I can't believe that happened. Remember the ending? Remember the climax of Silence of the Lambs? Of course you do, because it's the, perhaps the most memorable fucking climax of all time. And like the, the fake out where it's like, oh my god, uh, you know, they're about to arrest him. It's like, oh no, Clarice is there. They got the wrong house. Like, that's like... Oh my god, I can't believe this is happening. This is incredible. Whereas in this one, it's like you know every single thing that's happening. And you know it's coming. And it's Hannibal Lecter only kills the bad guys. Yeah, it sucks so hard. And I we're gonna get to this when we do an episode on it, but like the brains, really? A fucking shit. That was described to me when I was a child by my brother in law, and it scared me so bad. And then I saw it and I was like, this is the oh. most fucking thing I've ever seen. That's the thing that gets me. Is like, I, underst- I mean, I was 10. It was yeah. 2000, right? No, that's the thing. It's like, I understand yeah. the thinking. I understand the thing is, like, you hinted at it in Silence of the Lands, and you got to do it bigger. You got to do it like, oh, we're actually going to show it. And now you show it, and you're just like, oh, okay. It's just not that cool, you know? Hannibal Lecter is so much cooler when, like, he's behind bars. He's so much more interesting because he gets inside your mind. And now he's just, like, stabbing people. It's just, like, what's the fun of that? I don't, I don't get the appeal. I, I think Hannibal is very embarrassing for everyone involved. Uh, Julianne Moore doesn't even do a very good job. Oh, I was not going to let you go to the next movie oh, without yeah. asking you to do her voice. <laughs> okay. Uh, it would just be me doing your voice. You know how I do that exaggerated hillbilly accent? Dr. Just... Lechner! <laughs> damn near killed her! Ding, 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 ding. 
It's real Remember good. the black guy for the, who's like selling out possessions of Hannibal Lecter? It's like, so you still think about him? Only about at least 30 seconds of every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, come on, babe. Don't be Hannibal Lecter. <laughs> I, was, I was thinking like her voice, you know what it reminded me of? Especially with the red hair. And I, it's this is so sad that Alex isn't on for this. It reminded me of that dream sequence episode of Hey Arnold where he meets like alternate <laughs> universe Lila and she's like a redneck. <laughs> I'm ever so certain that you are. <laughs> well, Gadzooks, Dr. Lecter. <laughs> Moon's real pretty tonight. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not what you sound like. Anyway, so the next movie of is. <laughs> The next movie, is this an episode two? I hope not. This is called The Hole. This is about... <laughs> I don't know what that is. <laughs> I've never seen one. This is, uh, it's got Thora Birch, fresh off the success of American Beauty. And actually, wait, I think this was, uh, wasn't this like the year prior? Uh, so apparently the, the reason this movie got made is that, oh, we got Thora Birch. We paid her seven figures to star in this. I think they just saw her in American Beauty, like, oh, she could actually act, because she was in, what was she in before? She was in Hocus Pocus, that was awful. Uh, she was in Dungeons and Dragons, and she wasn't any good in that. Oh, fuck, that's yeah. why I know this. Right, yeah. Mm. And she Oof. she is paying off a parking ticket in that movie. That is the most underacting I've ever seen in, in a movie. And uh, she, she was also in Ghost World. And she was actually really good in Ghost World. She went through, like, one of those body transformation things. She put on, like, a lot of weight to do that movie. And people Me are like, too, okay, buddy. yeah. <laughs> it was like, in Ghost World, I actually like that one. So, you know, whatever, put her in this one. And she went through another thing. She went through a, a severe body change. She made herself British. So, this Man, one, that's diabolical. It's the worst thing you can do to yourself. She worked really hard to do a British accent. And she does it for the entire movie. <laughs> Dr. Lecter, I'm sorry. <laughs> We're going to get to British accents, by the way, dude. Oh, my God. Yes, sir. This, the basic idea of this... Also, it's got a Kira Knightley. Okay. Anyway, so... Uh, <laughs> I didn't want to do the voice. Yeah, I did. I wanted to. <laughs> yeah, so uh, apparently Kira Knightley uh, flashes her boobs in this movie. I was looking down at my lunch when she did that, and I didn't care, so I missed it, which is good news because apparently she was only 16 when she made this. So oh, I still get to go to heaven. Jeepers. So, big, uh, big week for Roman Polanski. Yeah. You, by the way, you were saying big, big, and I was just like, no, 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 it's Kira Knightley. Okay, so <laughs> <correct>. <laughs> Anyway. <laughs> oh my gosh, she flashed the screen. No. Yeah. <laughs> How can you tell? Yeah. <laughs> oh, she did? Oh. Oh. Anyway, like, the basic idea oh. here is um, it's one of those who's telling the truth sort of movies at the start. It looks like this weird guy who looks like the ugly guy from Midsummer and Bandersnatch. Uh, he leads his other British friends and one American guy to uh, a nuclear fallout shelter for the weekend. It'll be like, oh, and this way, uh, Thora Birch, you can hook up with the cute American guy, you know, something like that. And he he actually locks them in there for like the whole weekend. And, and Thora Birch is recounting all this. It's you know, like, yeah, he locked us in there. It was really fucked up. But then it's revealed she's lying. She actually let them down there and she blamed him. And... Uh, and it's like a whole web of lies, and she's clearly uh, an unreliable narrator. And uh, the more you realize, you're like, boy, if I had to be stuck in a nuclear fallout shelter with three British people, I would kill them all and then myself. Like, that's it's oh. just so fucking irritating. They're talking about, like, the American guy didn't bring any food. It's like, oh, you didn't think to bring any food? We are supposed to be out camping in the woods for three days. And, and uh, she's like, oh, I've got food. I've got 
sausages and beans and noodles and oh let me guess you got beans on toast again wow <laughs> thank you so much i, I am going to toast. gnaw on one of kira knightley's leg bones so just fucking <laughs> <laughs> it's just I'm the image still... of a wolf trying to free itself from, from a bear trap. <laughs> <laughs> i'm still stuck on the idea of like a whole gang of british friends and their one american friend absolutely well, it, do it, not it, trust that guy yeah well it makes sense because the american friend is um he's the son of like uh, a rock star and he said it's funny it's like he sent him over to britain to get away from bad influences in america it's like <laughs> that's kind of a laugh my dad's the singer for halloween <laughs> <laughs> that's that's the that's the band of the week <laughs> yes it is now yeah it's not crocus <laughs> saying halloween puts a smile on my face <laughs> I think about that band every once in a while, and I think of you and how much you hate them. They fucking stink. <laughs> anyway, so yeah. The- oh my god, we got trapped in a nuclear fallout with Jackal with a Y. Yeah. It's all over this. <laughs> Jackal with a Y. <laughs> yeah well anyway the whole the whole sucks. There are a couple people out there who are like, oh, I thought it was really tense. No, you didn't. Oh, Never yeah. heard of this movie in my fucking life. Yeah, you watch this movie because you hope that Thor Birch would flash her tits in this movie. And she doesn't do that because she's got class. Also, $7 million. So, yeah. Don't like that one. Uh, this is one I have nothing to say. If you could figure out, did you watch Trouble Every Day? Nope. French movie, which right off nope. the bat, uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, you answered your own question on that yeah, one. Yeah, it's a sexual thriller. So, uh, oh, the okay, basic idea is it's about sexual appetites and stuff like that. And apparently they took the, the title from one of my favorite Frank Zappa songs, Trouble Every Day off the Freak Out album. That's a great song. It holds up today. You should still let... And no one's listening. All right, next one is <laughs> From Hell. <laughs> oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I wonder why he hates people adapting his comics so <laughs> fucking much. <laughs> See, I gotta tell you, there was a point in time in which people thought uh, uh, Jack the Ripper was the most interesting character in history. I wouldn't call him a uh, character. I'd call him a rapist killer. But uh, people started putting him in stuff. I remember he was in fucking, remember the game Medieval 2? With a guy with a skeleton. Oh knife? shit, that's right. Yeah, he was in there. And Henry was just like, wow, I can't believe there's real-life characters in this game. And I was like, yeah, don't look him up. Henry was like six. Uh, he was also in a... What, what was he fucking in? Uh, he was he was in a bunch of, like, science fiction, fantasy short stories. Jack the Ripper was in, a, I think, an episode of Star Trek, the original series. You know, for some reason, they started putting himself, and Alan Moore's like, oh, I could do that. And he made a graphic novel about Jack the Ripper. All right, and then they decide that we're going to make a movie and we're not even going to fucking read the comic, apparently, because this has nothing to do with the comic from what I've heard. This is, uh, it's got Johnny Depp as an opium-addicted inspector from Scotland Yard who has to find out who's doing all these brutal killings. Turns out it's Ian Holm. Who's Ian Holm? Ian Holm is the guy who played Bilbo in the the fucking uh, Lord of the Rings movies. And remember the scene in which he reaches for the ring and his eyes go all crazy? Yeah, that's him in this movie. It's the dumbest fucking thing I've ever heard of in my life. Uh, yeah, apparently Alan Moore, not happy about adaptations of his work. I think this might be one of the better ones, because most of those adaptations are really stinky. Uh, even the parts I liked of Watchmen, I, the rest of that movie's really bad. And, like, the book is just objectively better. I don't like V for Vendetta at all. So I have zero memory of that movie whatsoever. Yeah, V for Vendetta can actually suck my dick. Uh, and fair enough. 
And but I will say he's not here. But Alex likes League of Extraordinary Gentlemen, so whatever. Different yeah, movies. he's always talking yeah. about it. <laughs> and we're like, God, we're not supposed to talk about good movies on here. Yeah. Well, uh, Alex came over. The girl, Alex, the one who we who we like, sort of. And she she wanted to put <laughs> everyone on, catching strays. Yeah. She wanted to put on two movies: Clueless from 1995 and Spice World from 1997. I'll talk about Clueless first, because that's the one that we watched first. Because uh, she was like, well, if we put on Spice World first, you might make me leave. <laughs> uh, Clueless is actually good. Clueless is based on the Jane Austen novel, Emma. And I would say loosely based on that novel. Uh, <laughs> Clueless is, uh, Alicia Silverstone is a rich, preppy girl in Southern California, and she takes it upon herself to set people up with uh, other people. She plays matchmaker. And... Uh, you might say to yourself, well, what's the plot of the movie? There isn't one. There, there, there are just things that happen in this movie. And it's not even like a series of vignettes. It's not even like an anthology. It's just like things happen in this movie and then they stop happening. That's it. Uh, you might say to yourself, oh, is it kind of like a dreamlike state? Like Heather's? Like, yeah, not as dark. See, the interesting thing about it is Alicia Silverstone's character in this movie is so rich, so pretty, so privileged. She wears a different outfit in every single different camera angle. They're all like these beautiful outfits. It feels like it, it this maybe is because I've been watching so many fucking movies from the list. In every other movie, you are supposed to hate this character. You're supposed to despise this character. And she's dumb. She's a ditch. She's a blonde. She's like, she doesn't get stuff. She refers to Spartacus as Sporadicus, uh, which is a pretty funny joke. Is this, like, you're supposed to like her. And I'll tell you what, I do. I do like this character. She seems like an altruistic sort of person. She just wants people to be happy. And, like, yeah, she's richer than I'll ever be able to imagine, but I don't necessarily hate someone just for that. I don't begrudge someone their wealth. Uh, I Maybe that's me not being a leftist. But, like, I like it. Also, the jokes are pretty funny. Paul Rudd is in here. He's 24 and looks 24. Uh, Stacy Dash is in here, and she lets a white woman touch her hair. Don't think that's particularly realistic. Uh, who else is it? Oh yeah, Brittany Murphy is in this. Brittany Murphy is uh, she's always good, you know. But they, they're like only there are a couple times that made me laugh out loud. There are some really funny jokes in this, but my favorite joke of all, I couldn't get over this fucking joke, dude. Brittany Murphy visits Alicia Silverstone at her house, and they're sitting at the dinner table, and Daddy walks in. Hey, Daddy, this is my friend, uh, Brittany Murphy. And and Daddy says, Get out of my chair! <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> I have never been reminded so much of my... I had to stop the movie and rewind because I was laughing so fucking hard. I thought that... Because the best part is, like, I called that line because I was just thinking, what would my dad say? He was like, get the hell out of my chair! And he does that. That's easily the best scene in the movie. I was laughing fucking hysterically. Uh, there, there's a bunch of other good scenes and uh, I actually recommend this yeah I guess it's a chick flick it's not my dad watched this movie and he didn't like it which is weird I don't know maybe he didn't like it because he didn't like that portrayal of him but uh, <laughs> I I think this one works I, yeah I guess it's a chick flick in a way but like everyone can have a good time with this it is a, a very very good time capsule of 1995 like you would have See, a really good time with this. I never saw Clueless because uh, it came out early enough where I was like oh this movie's for girls yeah exactly and also, you know, yeah. I, like I said, I live in Texas, and I, yeah. I get called enough things. <laughs> and then, uh, it, but it came out to really like, 
You know, later on, I saw a bunch of those movies because my sister was old enough to go see them. So, like, I've seen 10 Things I Hate About You, like, 20 times. Wow. Bring it on 20 times. But, like, this is, like, 95. Yeah. She was born in 94, so it uh, didn't yeah, happen. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. yeah. And I just never got around to it. Even though I know I'd like it. Like, yeah. yeah who doesn't love a fucking mid-90s time capsule? I, Skip, I, who do you think you're talking to? You see, you saw Heathers, right? No. Oh, I think it's another like one. I think you'd like Heather's a lot more. Heather's is definitely darker. Shit, I didn't uh, watch Drop Dead Gorgeous until you forced no, me at gunpoint. I well, love that. Same thing with uh, Lady Alex. So every once in a while, Lady Alex makes me watch good things. Now we are going to talk about Spice World. A movie that uh, I know I've seen, but do not ask me a single thing about it. That's the thing. is, I, I did have one question, because you said you had seen it. And I was like, really? And my, I, I mean, the question that keeps swimming in my head, because this is going to influence a lot of talk about did you see this in a movie theater no okay all right well no 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 okay sister recorded it off tv and okay we we had to share a tv for no, no, that's like fair that's my fair. entire adolescence that's the same thing with me and my sister dude that's that's the way it goes because man watch it spice world first of all we should this is going to be a, a fucking episode in itself this is going to be a three-hour episode even with all the shit i got uh spice world, i remember when the spice girls were big this movie again 1997 so i was seven years old I remember that the Spice Girls were very popular, but I only knew that one song, Wannabe, you know, because that was a big hit. And I, I knew who they were. I vaguely knew what they looked like. I, I don't think I knew that they were British, but uh, I, I remember that it was a huge, huge thing. And then the movie came out and they died. They were all gone. They all immediately, like, oh, yeah, we're done. We are going on. I'm going to go marry a soccer star. It is gone. And I was like, huh. I remember there was a girl on my street who really wanted to see it. And uh, Bridget Sullivan, I believe. And she really, really wanted She was a huge Spice Girls fan. And after that movie, she never talked about them again. And I, I think it was kind of like one of those social contagion things. There's a bit of FOMO with this. Especially, I, I'm trying, like, I'm a guy. I don't know how girls think. But I, I feel like there's a bit of a, like, a, if all the other girls like it, I have to like it too. Because I have to be cool. I have to be popular sort of thing. Not all women think like that, obviously. But... There's a bit of stuff that comes to that. Some of that happens, you could see it right now in South Korea with uh, with girl groups over there. And, uh, I don't know, it's just one of those things. Like It's kind of like Pokemon, except they're British. Anyway, so we Yeah, for the record, up. I don't think all of you dumb broads think like that. I, hey, I think you're all very smart and pretty. <laughs> yes, and uh, please listen to the show. Anyway, so upon watching this movie, I have been able to determine which Spice Girl is which. Now, when I was a kid, I only was able to remember two of them. I remember Baby Spice was uh, the young one, and Scary Spice was the black one. Mm. Now, I, I want to talk about this. <laughs> Why do you name the black one Scary Spice? I asked this to Alex. She responded, because she goes, grr. I was like, that's the reason that you called the only black one Scary Spice? Because I can imagine, like, how did the Spice Girls come together? They were they were made in a laboratory, okay? They were boiled in ammonia and they were set upon the world. That's the way it happens. We all know how these girl groups come. And, and boy groups, they come together the same way. Uh, and they have to give them special names, like the Ramones. And, oh, the black one. Imagine if she moved into your neighborhood. Scary Spice. So, that's what I will they say, did. like, because obviously... I was a child when they were big. Mm -hmm. But looking back at Scary Spice is one thing. But it's even creepy to be like, oh, what's the blonde one's name? Oh, that's Baby Spice. Like, it is weird. What? Yeah. You is, said yeah. it's what now? Yeah, I don't like that. Yeah, because she's the, A, because she's the youngest. B, because she's either the shortest or is her and Ginger are the shortest. I'll get to her in a second. But uh, also she wears her hair in uh, pigtails every once in a while. Which, uh, 
not great. Anyway. Yeah, not uh, probably pretty uncomfortable to watch. Now. Let's make things less weird here. Maybe they call her Scary Spice because she's the tallest and it's physically intimidating. Uh, let's move on to Jerry Spice, a.k.a. Ginger Spice, a.k.a. the Redhead One, a.k.a. the one who obstinately refuses to wear pants. There is way too much, like, ass cheek dipping out of it. So, like, she wears, like, the, the, the swimsuit sort of cut on the bottom and, like, a regular top on top. And I don't know why she does that. She's, like, really proud of her thighs. She's just constantly showing off her thighs in this movie. And it's weird, man. It, 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 it makes you uncomfortable. Uh, I also Sounds call her, pretty good, actually. I also, I no, uh, you know what? You watch this one, man. It's it's not sexy. It's not cool. I also call Jerry Spice the old one because she was. Uh, I'm not calling her the pretty one. I call you know who's the pretty one. We're going to call her Pretty Spice, aka Posh Spice, aka Victoria Beckham. Victoria Beckham did, did not need the Spice Girls. I didn't she, know what the word posh meant until I was like Me 20. neither. Yeah. <laughs> what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's like cheeky. Oh, like I, the Spice Girls? Yeah. I still don't know what cheeky means. I don't know what campy means either. But I know what posh means. It means uh, she's got, like, rich, she has, like, a fancy accent or something. Anyway, Victoria Beckham, she doesn't really need <laughs> the Spice Girls. And she's kind of separate from all of them. She kind of sits in different places from them. I'm like... Because she's prettier. <laughs> she just, you know, she's she doesn't really need to associate with them. And the thing is, like, there's a lot of scenes in this movie where she kind of looks like she's not having a good time. And I'm like, why don't you just go marry David Beckham already and get it over with? You, We know you're going to do it, you know? And part of it is, when I'm watching her, is uh, she, when she's so separate from everyone else, I keep thinking that she's going to go pull a Ringo. Have you seen Hard Day's Night? No. Oh, but, well, it's actually good. And Alex would, both Alexes would back me up. Hard Day's Night is actually really good. Like, the Beatles were actually really fucking funny. And their songs are good, too. And it's, like, the jokes are good in that movie, for the most part. In this, they're obviously trying to do A Hard Day's Night. And it's not working. But one of the central scenes in <clears throat> in A Hard Day's Night is Ringo feels left out from the group. It's not very good. And he kind of goes out on his own and is like kicking a can down the road and is like, oh, I've got to be back with me mates. And he goes back and he plays the drums with them. And I thought, oh, Victoria Beckham is going to do that. And she has to realize that girl power is strongest in groups. And uh, she doesn't do that. She just kind of puts up with them. <laughs> um, and then we get to Sporty Spice, a.k.a. Mel C. I'll say. Her got her now here's the thing a lot of people don't know about this all the spice girls are british and the movie what? takes place in britain if you look at the poster of the movie they actually there's a subtle like uh it's kind of like one of those subliminal images there's like a union jack behind all of them so you could think oh this movie probably takes place in britain sporty spice so named because she likes to wear like the uh, the adidas track pants i don't know i guess it's uh that's fun that's a character everyone's got a thing yeah it's fun so everyone in the movie talks with a British accent. I was like, oh, that makes sense because they're from Britain. British people usually do that. It's not a, like a joke. They just do that. Spory Spice is, I, I think, a different planet or something. She's speaking like the way that British people, the way that we view British people would be the way that British people view her accent. We looked it up and I think we came to the conclusion that it was from Merseyside. And I don't know what that is. And Alex, like, showed me a map of Britain as if I fucking know what I'm looking at. <laughs> like, I don't know where any of these places are or what the regional dialects would be. She was like, it's like eight miles east of Liverpool. I'm like, eight miles in uh, fucking Britain is different from eight miles here, you know? 
Oh, yes, right next to, let me see, Worcestershire. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that's fucking, yeah, exactly. So every single time that Sporty Spice speaks in this movie, there is a half-second pause as everyone else tries to figure out what the fuck she just said. Now, that being said, everyone is British in this movie, and everyone has a British accent. At one point, and I was going to attest to this, I turned on subtitles. And then I saw what they were saying, and I immediately turned them off because I was like, oh, this is bad. This is really, really bad. Like, it's just awful dialogue. Whatever's, whatever's, again, I can't get over, like, this movie's horrible, okay? This movie is really horrible. There's really no reason that you should watch it. Like, I was, I didn't understand why Alex wanted to watch it because, like, it's 2022. The Spice Girls aren't popular anymore. There's no reason to watch this. But uh, we'll get to the reason why she did put it on. I have my... I think I know, but, uh, I, this movie is maybe worth watching just for Sporty Spice. Listen to the way that she talks. You would be like flabbergasted. It's like, there's no way she's doing this. Is that like a bit? Are they going to like slap her upside the head and she's going to talk normally? But like, no, she just talks like that the whole time. So maybe, okay, maybe don't do that. Maybe like watch one of her interviews. Okay. Like maybe watch one of her interviews and you just see, she actually talks like that the whole time. Like her parents gave birth to her. Or, and like raised her and she talks like that to them i don't get it uh so why did alex put this on the re- the stated reason is because she was watching like one of those like internet like top 10 lists it was like top 10 buses of the 90s what the fuck well yeah they, they make lists like that and i have to I admit know work is slow i <laughs> i understand <laughs> well that's i mean here but the, an embarrassing moment uh Speaking as a trivia guy, I'm so fucking embarrassed I didn't get this. We were at Sushi, and she was like, you can guess what the number one bus in the 90s was. So I was like, uh... I was about to ask what the number one bus was. was She was like, the number one bus of the 90s. And, and like, as if that's, like, a hint. And I'm like, I, uh... Oh, you just repeated it louder. Thank you. But if it's not the fair, magic school that's bus, what it was. that's what it nothing. was. That's, yeah, that's I was like, to be fair, I should need a hint on that. I should probably just get. I that. mean, I also immediately just go to movies instead of other yeah. things because yeah. my brain is wired bad. Yeah, that's such like, a hyper specific. Because like, what's the hint going to be? If you went to school, <laughs> you know. Oh, but anyway, uh, like the number Can seven. You phrase that again. I need to Google. <laughs> Anyway, like the number seven on there was uh, the the bus from Spice World, and uh, now I understand because like it's one of those double decker buses, and it looks like a fucking Discovery Zone in there, and uh, except the Spice Girls are in there. Oh, you know who else is in there? A lot of cameos. Hey, Parker, Elton John is in this movie. Oh, that's fun for three seconds. He doesn't do a lot of those, so that's yeah. good. Yeah, Meatloaf is in there. He drives the bus. He makes a quote of his uh, his famous song, "I would do anything for love, but I won't do that." That's that's good. Yeah, I just and, watched uh, a different uh, top ten thing, and one of the top ten buses from the nineties was Jerome Bettis. That's a pretty good bit. <laughs> that way, that's good. That's all pretty right. good. That's a good Shit. bit. That's all right. Good that's job, Todd in the shadows. I'll never watch your videos. <laughs> I know oh, your name, well, motherfucker. Wait, right? that that is good. Shit, that should have been number one. That's He's really better than Bettis. Let's fuck this frizzle. Anyway, uh, who else? Is there? Elvis Costello's in there. But here's the reason I think she put this on. Richard O'Brien is in this movie. And he doesn't just cameo. Richard O'Brien, uh, who, by the way, fucking insulted that she like, you don't know who Richard O'Brien is. How fucking stupid do you think I am? Don't answer that. He is in this movie. He keeps showing up. Uh, for anyone who doesn't know, Richard O'Brien was the guy who wrote the music for um, uh, Rocky Horror Picture Show. He also played the guy it, with the long string hair. 
If anyone who doesn't know, uh, hey, congratulations, guys. Yeah, oh, I, love I am movie. jealous. Yeah, he is in this movie, and he, I, I feel like he and Ginger Spice were the only ones who realized that in movies you're supposed to have fun every once in a while. Because he's, like, acting. He's, like, doing silly. He's putting on silly outfits. And I and uh, Alex was having a good time with him, and I kind of had, like, my head in my hands, and she was like, what? You know, this is good. And I'm like, I'm happy you're having a good time. And uh, she was like, oh, come on. Don't be like that. I'm just like, no, I, I can't get into it. She's like, well, Richard O'Brien's fun. I was like, and I kind of I kind of mumbled under my breath, yeah, he's serving cunt. And she was like, yeah, you're right. He is serving cunt. And she said it like <laughs> three times out loud. And I kind of just picked up my keys. I walked out of my own apartment. <laughs> you say it three times as someone's brat pit to your fucking house. <laughs> Your mortal enemy. Oh, yeah. So, also, yeah, so the other thing about this movie is it's not really much of a plot to just do Hard Day's Night, you know? It's just them walking around London being wacky and doing shows. Uh, So, you have this side plot with a bunch of people saying, yeah, what if we put the Spice Girls in in their own movie? And the plot would go like this, and they just describe the plot, and you could really tell, like... I think they were, like, fucking with the writer. Be like, you think that would be a good... We're going to put you in the movie. And you're actually going to say this fucking shit. We're going to have, like, a really... We're going to have a guy with a really bad haircut play you. And that's what they did. Also, one of the opening credits is based on an idea by the Spice Girls and someone else I don't remember. Oh, speaking of someone else I don't remember, the Spice Girls have a friend. Uh, I don't know. And uh, she's very pregnant. We thought that they were going to do like a thing. It was like, oh, she's jealous that she's not famous, but the girls will show her love. And that's the real power of girl power friendship. Uh, no, it's just uh, she just doesn't drink alcohol at a party. Fucking knows. So uh, she the the friend is really pregnant. She's about to she's about to deliver. And Scary Spice, not Sporty Spice, Scary Spice, asks the question of the group. Does anyone here know how to deliver a baby? And I fucking lost it. She sounded just like Fat Bastard. Because <laughs> I, 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 I looked dead into Alex's eyes. I was like, did I just fucking hear that? Did the fucking final skip? She just said that? Baby. <laughs> oh, that movie is really, really bad. I don't... I, I laughed out loud at a couple of moments because it was just fucking... I think every single time Sporty Spice said... There are a couple of moments where Sporty Spice would say something and Alex and I would both go, What? <laughs> we just had no idea what the fuck was going on also ginger spice again the one who refuses to wear pants trying way too hard young woman you are just desperately trying to invoke some energy in this also you may have noticed oh chris has something to say about baby spice yeah good the, the least interesting oh yeah you know they meet aliens in this movie yeah they meet these little aliens in this movie and one of them gropes one of the i think she gropes scary spice or something oh fuck what am I looking at here? And I, the reason I asked you at the top of this, I was like, did you see this in a theater? I ha- I cannot imagine the theater experience for this. Because, like, tell you what. Remember with, you know, the other fads in the 90s, like, I think two years after this movie was Pokemon, the first movie. You and I saw that in theaters, right? Like, you, you know, course. dad, you know, come on, dad, take me to this movie. You got the Mew card. They were sold out at my fucking theater. I'll never forgive them. Like, you're like, hey, let's go watch this movie. And it's like, this is our thing. And, like, that movie's not good. I'm not going to pretend like Pokemon the first movie was act- also the fucking balls to call it the first movie, but also they do. Like, you know, like, yeah, it's not good or anything. And if you do like Pokemon the first movie, you're a fucking baby brain. But like, yeah, you have a good time with that. It, it serves the function, right? That is for Pokemon fans. If you're, if you're a little eight-year-old, you're going to like that movie. And that's defensible. With Spice World, I cannot imagine 
liking that movie and seeing it in the theater must have been a tremendously awkward experience especially for americans who have no idea what they're saying but imagine you're like an eight-year-old girl right you're wearing like a dress with like a bow yeah. in your hair or something okay. yeah all right, i'm all doing right. it all right yeah anyway like you go in there like with your parents and you're like looking at them like i, I they saying wannabe I don't, it's not my idea like there's no way you could possibly have a good time like there are you're not laughing at the jokes you're kind of just staring in horror like, oh my god, I got my parents to pay money for this? I could have gotten a Chuck E. Cheese. We're seeing this instead. Mom, it's... look, it's Timothy Dalton. You know how much I love him. Oh, oh god. I'm yeah, just assuming Dalton. he's in it because no. he's in all of these movies. No, no, it's uh, the, other fucking, um, the other fucking James Bond is in this. And, uh, and he's, shake, he's shaking a martini. He's not stirring it. And Alice oh. is like, hey, wouldn't it be funny if that was, uh, if that was a James Bond type? I'm like, that's... It's actually one of the James Bonds. I don't remember what his name was. One of the ones that begins with an R or something. I don't fucking remember. Oh, um, Roger Less. Yeah, <laughs> Got yeah, him. All right. Yeah. Well, the movie is fucking embarrassing. Oh, yeah. There's a, apparently a part that everyone likes where they talk about, yeah, they're going to have the bus jump the English Channel. Well, that would be really expensive. So they have like a little toy do it. It's funny. That's fun. Yeah. I've seen that bit. Yeah, this is a lot. Yeah, this movie. Yeah. Did not so see this in theaters. Yeah. My mother is a very patient woman. Yeah, yeah, not her that limits. patient. Yeah. Her right. patience was most tested at uh she saw like every single kid's movie, but when we saw the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers movie, like ten minutes in, <laughs> she was like, Hey, I'm just gonna sit back here. I think I I'm I think a little fat that. loser, I'm not going anywhere. I think that's the first movie I remember seeing in theaters. That was a life changing day for me. Yeah. Alright, well the next movie I watched is Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. Anyway. Uh, no. no, I watched uh, Joyride. This has uh, Paul Walker having a bad time in a car. Ripped from the headlines. Damn. So, do you guys ever see The Hitcher? Do you ever see Duel? What if we put both of those together? You would get a much worse movie. Uh, Joyride. But also, <laughs> real good one. <laughs> yeah, Joy. look, Joyride is not as bad as the previous, most of the movies that I talked about. Joyride is, it's okay. It's basically, uh, you know, Paul Walker wants to get lead. And uh, he's got a friend who's desperately trying to add some levity to the proceedings. And they decide, hey, let's fuck around on CB radio with a guy who's voiced by Ted Levine. Big mistake. Rusty Nail wants to put an end to this. <laughs> That's his name. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh, hey, uh, this Dusty is... Crop Popper's back at it. <laughs> this is great. His friend's like, hi, my name is Candy Cane. I'm a little girl. I wear a dress and a bow in my hair. I'd really like Rusty Nail to fuck me a senseless. This is how guys had fun back in uh, 2001. <laughs> Well, it was a different time, you know. America yeah. was morning. At one point, Rusty Dale plays a prank on them. He makes them go naked into a diner and order a dozen cheeseburgers. Because <laughs> he's like, I hope you know Got how him. it feels to be humiliated. And uh, I do, because I'm watching this movie. <laughs> the I... absolute nerve to tell me, like, oh, this is Paul Walker's brother, Steve Zahn. <laughs> Try <laughs> again. <laughs> the fuck are you talking about yeah they had a jennifer lawrence look-alike in this movie you know for what that's worth i had a joyride experience myself this evening actually i uh so this is for the next movie i went to see enter the dragon uh the original oh, one yeah. it they didn't remake it at least not yet they were shown at the alamo and i was like oh tight i fucking love this movie uh it still holds up obviously i think i i don't know if i wrote a review about it i know i wrote a review of uh mortal Kombat, which is effectively a remake but Enter Dragon is still great. You really love the attention to detail. John Saxon is really the draw here. Like, obviously, Bruce Lee is great. He's always great and all this stuff. But, like, 
John Saxon is so much more natural than everyone else. He's able to deliver bad lines of dialogue, and it sounds natural coming from him. Uh, the action's great. The music's really great. But uh, unfortunately, I sat next to someone. You know, it never feels good. So this guy is sitting next to his girlfriend, and they look like that that meme of like what Zoomer couples look like now. The guy is like string bean arms and has like a shitty beard, and uh, his girlfriend's got blue hair. And I didn't think anything of it. It was like whatever, because like I'm not here to judge, but they are sitting next to me, so something bad's probably gonna happen. And it started during the trailers. So the first trailer, what was the first trailer? Oh yeah, the first trailer was for the whale. Now I want to see the whale. The whale looks good. The whale's got Brandon Fraser in it, but it's an A24 movie. And as soon as the A24 logo came on screen, he did an audible soy face. <laughs> and uh, I was like, oh god, somehow I want to see this movie less. I, I really want to see the whale, but like not because of that guy. Anyway, the next trailer was for John Wick 4. Another audible soy face. You can hear him go, Ooh, oh my god, they're doing another one. He was like shaking his girlfriend's arm. Oh, <laughs> oh man. And uh, do you remember the uh, the music for Enter the Dragon? You remember like that? It's kind of like a funk beat kind of combined with like Eastern sort of music. You know? Yeah. Yeah. From the Orient. Well, anyway. They, uh... <laughs> wow, Took Alex joined right us out right of your dad's mouth. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, so they they play the opening theme song, which is like one of the coolest things. I was like, dun 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 dun. It's like the coolest thing. The guy is dancing in his seat to it like this, and I had to hold back <laughs> so hard from Elvin. Like, <clears throat> sorry, I had to yawn a bit here. It's like, oh, you're gonna make me say it. Yeah, I... <laughs> you're gonna make me say it. Just kind of, I want to grab him by the beard, be like, put that right? if I can fucking see you, then I can hear you. You're not going to do that. <laughs> uh, he also, this wasn't so bad because he leaned over to his girlfriend at the, you know, Jackie Chan is in that movie. He gets his ass kicked by uh, Bruce Lee. It's kind of like one of those little stories about Enter the Dragon. He leaned over to his girlfriend and was just like, that's Chappie to her, which to be fair, <laughs> I would have done the same thing. But, uh, yeah, he, my girlfriend didn't like that when I did that during rush hour too, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> hey, that's Jackie Chan right there. <laughs> that's good. So, uh, <laughs> But there was also someone sitting behind me. Now, this individual, Enter the Dragon, is one of the best movies ever made. And it is, it's an action movie. And it's exciting. Why the fuck was there someone snoring in the theater? <laughs> there, and this was a packed house. There wasn't a free seat to be found. Elbow the guy! Just get, like, kick him in the ass. Dude, Jackie Chan just got killed. You should be excited right now. He, I could hear him snoring, dude. I was fucking mad. Oh, yeah. But they were like, oh, where does Joyride fit into this? So I left, and I went to uh, I went to CVS to buy a new toothbrush and some prophylactics. And I don't know if I cut someone off in traffic or something. I don't know. Some guy was tailgating me the entire drive there. And I'm like, what the fuck is this and i like i grabbed my knife when i got out of my car and be like are we gonna fucking do something what is this because i just watched uh, enter the dragon i feel like i could take on the world and i grab uh, my nunchucks out of the <laughs> and uh <laughs> you just keep them hanging over your rearview mirror <laughs> that's a good idea yeah it's better than black ones with the chains and a dragon design on right them. <laughs> exactly yeah and uh like a backseat from soul Cal. anyway yes so, sir that's the one 
Anyway, as soon as I parked, he sped past me, like, revved his engine, like, are you trying to say I did something? And then, like, did a donut in the in the parking lot and, and sped away. I'm like, oh, he was just trying to, like, big boy me. At least I learned my lesson. What a weird thing to do. I was like, you're in Northern Virginia. You're not going to do shit. Do you have any yeah. idea how many, like, almost fights my girlfriend I get into where she, like, tries to reach over and honk the horn? I'm like, you oh, no, don't no, no, know no, 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 what's no, no, in no. that car, ma'am. Yeah. You have, you know where we live. <laughs> It's not even concealed carry anymore. It's just like, yeah, hey, yeah. waving it in the fucking like you work. That truck can cut me off twenty times on the way to work. I yeah, you don't mm, want to be there anyway. So, <laughs> exactly. I'm not trying to die for this. All right, next one was kind of boring. Ichi the killer. Nothing really interesting happens there. And uh, <laughs> I'm serious. That movie's boring. It's just kind of dumb. Like the only interesting thing I about always it is, think about it. I'm like, wait, no, I'm thinking of Rikio. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Rikio's good. Rikio's fucking great. But like. Ichi the Killer, directed by Takashi Miyaki, is uh, the same guy who did, uh, isn't he the same one who did fucking um, uh, audition, audition, but also like literally a hundred yeah. movies? And I'm famous or infamous for not liking Audition, because I think it has a dim view of humanity. But like, Ichi the Killer, the only thing that's impressive about it is the special effects. I don't know how they got all those fish hooks in that guy's body. They make it look really realistic. Oh yeah, good for you. It doesn't do much for the storyline, and I think it's kind of sexist in the way it treats women. I don't know. I don't like. Oh, this. buddy, you'll love Terrifier too. Oh, good. <laughs> uh, yeah, each of the killer can suck my dick. Uh, two more here. I swear, this is story going longer than the. This is twice as long as the first part. This is uh, goddamn ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, don't worry, these will be short. Next one is Dagon. This is uh, that. Oh, hell yeah, yeah dude. all the tentacles from fucking uh, H.P. Lovecraft. Dagon is very good i don't fucking correct yeah. but also it's really good yeah this is i think it's the only adaptation of hp lovecraft to be inferior to the original uh short story i actually kind of like dagon the short story that was one of the first ones i read by hp Lovecraft. i was like oh this is good and then the rest of the book happened so uh yeah a lot of tentacles in this uh this looks like this technology from 10 years prior and it came out in 2001 so it does not look very that's a Stuart Gordon movie. You take what you can get. Well, uh, speaking of things that don't look good, Parker, I have a question for you. Yeah, what's up, buddy? How many ghosts? Uh, Scoober Duber taught me it was 13. Yes. 13 ghosts! <laughs> that's, a, that's a you had to be there movie. Either you watched guess, it yeah. in the early 2000s as a child and it stuck with you forever. Or you watch it now and you go, this is absolute dog shit. Why does anyone like this? Yeah, this is. I think it's a PG-13 one. Uh, this has There's F, no way. The draw here is F. Murray Abraham is uh, demanding that his assistant uh, bring him the spells. Uh, I don't like your letterbox review. Your letterbox review pissed me off. You're like, I'm so glad the world collectively decided to move on from Matthew Lillard. I, that was my that was my first watching. Yeah, I was. My opinion has Lillard changed back. drastically. Yeah, especially after seeing him in Hackers, you know. Yeah, that was that was pre uh, a lot of this because yeah. uh, the first time I rewatched this, I was, this is the most annoying fucking energy I've ever seen. Yeah, but now I crave it desperately. Yeah. Tony Shalhoub is in this, you know, monk. <laughs> Bless you. Yeah, I don't know why he's in this, but he is. He's here, and. Uh, a bunch of stuff happens. Uh, some rich guy was collecting. It's the dumbest fucking waste of time. Thirteen Ghosts sucks. The only thing that's memorable about, that's memorable about it is the poster. Uh, I don't like it. Sam, uh, I am. 
So I strongly recommend uh, going back in time and uh, catching it on HBO when you shouldn't, and yeah. having the scene with the special glasses absolutely ruin your weekend. Because <laughs> spoilers, it did, and I was like, "Oh my god, yeah. there's boobies in here." Oh, my mom doesn't catch me watching this, and then I got <laughs> real scared. So it's better than your. That's what horror movies are about. So it's better than your experience with Ninja Scroll. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> That's what horror movies are about. Being like, oh my god, a naked woman. You know, while your thumb hovers over on the previous channel button. Yeah. And then seeing the scariest thing you've seen in your life like five minutes later. Scary! <laughs> Alright. Well, uh, that's all for me. Parker. Nope. Oh, good. Let's talk about The Wheel. No. This is uh, The I don't Wheel. Want to talk about it. The Wheel assigned me a Kevin James slash Kevin Smith space. And because I'm basically running out of Kevin James movies, I don't want to watch Grown Ups 2. I was like, oh, let's watch a Kevin Smith movie. Here's one I've heard about for a long time. It's called Dodgeman. And I, you know, I, I've, I've heard about this, especially because when you're on the internet, especially like, you know, ETI, like, you get a lot of internet atheists, you know? A lot of people are like, well, I watch Dogma. Huh, it makes you think, huh? Maybe religion's, like, a little bit silly sometimes. That is the point of the movie. Dogma is not necessarily about, oh, religion is dangerous or harmful, but it's pretty silly when you think about it, because this is actually pretty well-researched. He went in, like, you know, different seraphim and shit like that. Uh, I just remember a lot of people talking about it, and I... It, I never crossed my radar because it's over two hours. It's got Matt Damon and uh, Ben Affleck in it, and Alan. It's got a ton of guys, doesn't it? It has a lot of guys. Yeah, one of the guys on here is Alanis Morissette. <laughs> George Carlin. Oh yeah, famous guy. We all love guys. Another uh, another uh, well-known atheist. He plays a Catholic priest. See, uh, pretty pretty wacky. You get it? Well, I have hey, a little society, shit. here's a mirror. Take a look at yourselves. This is like one of the origins for uh, a well-known inter- internet image. Is that picture of Jesus doing like the smile and pointing thing. And uh, what do they call it? They call him Buddy Jesus or something? Buddy Christ. Yeah, Buddy Christ. a pretty good gimmick. I gotta tell you something. It. This, As I was watching this, the, this opening segment, I was like, is Kevin Smith Catholic? It feels like he's, it feels like he is religious. And it feels he like he's... Incredible incredibly catholic is he wait is kevin smith actually he, he grew up catholic yeah i, think, I don't know how religious he is now i, I mean now all see, he talks about is smoking weed and batman see, but... that's the thing is i i think you might be mistaken i think maybe he was raised catholic uh, a lot of people were but uh, i think that he is a very strong atheist i think he's he feels very strongly about that and i think that the reason he believes that is you, you said uh, at the top of this like you weren't sure why he pivoted to uh to this movie like he had just made chasing amy and then he was like okay i'm going to do this movie about religion it's like that seems like a weird you know pivot for him right it's uh it's certainly a choice to be given like a hey you actually made a movie that people like what do you want to do next so it's it's a two-hour movie about (laughs) god and the devil's coming to earth played by the most annoying person on earth and ben (laughs) affleck and matt damon are here yeah well I, I think that the line of thinking was after I saw Clerks back the school part, I don't even remember it. I don't even think I have that checked off. I don't think that's fair. And after I saw Mulrats, I was thinking Kevin Smith is doing the the fucking write what you know, okay? And write what you're passionate about. Like Clerks, like that was his life, you know? That was like, hey, this is my life, this is me and my friends, and this would be interesting as a movie. And 
It's the same thing with mall rats. Yeah, hanging out in a mall, making dick jokes, and like looking looking at comic books the whole time. That's me. That's my life. And I think Dogma was him being an atheist and saying, "Hey, religion's kind of silly, you guys." And I'm going to make a movie out of that. And at this point, I, I guess maybe Chase and Gaming was super popular because that's the only way you reel in this many guys. Like it's it's packed to the brim of guys. Alan fucking Rickman in this, who I will say, delivers a few funny lines. This movie, I. I, I know I hated on Mallrats a lot. I really think that movie sucks ass. This movie doesn't suck. I think this movie actually has some good... It, it sucks, but it also doesn't suck. There is some really good stuff in this movie. And Alan Rickman, uh, at, at one point, uh, uh, she says, uh, sex doesn't mean anything up there. He says, huh, looking down here doesn't mean anything either. I think I butchered that line. But he's able to deliver it in a way that's very funny. The problem here is the script. Now, you mentioned the man can't write, and my god, some of this is unsayable. You have good actors on this. Matt Damon and Ben Affleck are in here, and they're both very, very talented. And they are given the worst lines of dialogue, and I'm not sure how they're supposed to be able to say this. Matt Damon has a line that is a setup to a joke. Uh... The, the joke is, you can't be anal retentive if you don't have an anus. Ha, ha, ha. The setup is, I'm going to try to say this out loud. Let it never be said that your anal retentive attention to detail never yielded positive results. He's supposed to be saying this on like one of those people movers at the airport, and he's supposed to sound like a cool person. It's impossible. You can't say that out loud. There, there are script doctors in Hollywood who... On set, we'll take the script and, and they will just rewrite it on the spot right there, show it to the actor and say, can you say that out loud? And the actor will say yes or no. Because there's some stuff that, like, it doesn't sound natural. It looks good on the page, but it doesn't sound good in real life. And that has been one of the biggest problems with Kevin Smith. That and so many other problems. It's like an itemized list of problems, right? It's got telling instead of showing. There's so many fucking oh. flashbacks in this movie, Parker. Showing is difficult. It involves moving the camera. That reminds me. We need to talk about Kevin Smith being possibly the fattest man in movies. And he I know what people are saying. What panoramic. About, what about the what about the fucking cake guy from No Retreat, No Surrender? What about Marlon Brando and everything he's ever been in? What about Brendan Fraser and the Whale? No, 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 I say. Kevin Smith is the fattest man in movies behind the camera. Even fatter than Orson Welles? Let me explain. When he sits behind the camera. <laughs> <laughs> Join us for next week's episode. <laughs> no, it's a... He never moves the camera. And I realize it's because he's too fat to move the camera. He doesn't want to get up and like... He, he just will not do it. Should we get another one for coverage? <sighs> <sighs> I mean... All I'm saying is, uh, if I was shot down overseas and they started shoving bamboo at my fingernails, you would never get me to admit that I was so fat that they kicked me off an airplane. I'm sorry. (laughs) You would never in a million years get that out of me. I I would say I was behind, like, a half dozen terrorist attacks before I said, yeah, I broke my toilet with my big fat ass while my daughter, Harley Quinn, laughed at me. See, that's the thing that gets me about it. It's like, it's that, it's like all the other shit in here. Like, so there's some stuff that they do show, like 
if if Kevin Smith is listening to this, and I know he is, he'd be like, "What do you mean, uh, Shoto? I I showed you that giant poo monster." Yeah, man, oh. that you got to do better than that, all right? That's that's not very good. Everything else so is just well. like Chris Rock falls down. I was a thirteenth apostle. I talk like this. You know, Jesus was black, and it's Kevin Smith is writing the dialogue. And you're just like, oh. I'm so glad you brought up the poop monster. Because uh, I finally watched like this all in one sitting like yeah, a year yeah. or two ago. It had to do with Game of Games, I think. Yeah, yeah. So I had seen this a bunch of times, but on Comedy Central. I went my entire life without knowing that there was a scene with a giant monster made of shit in this movie. Because <laughs> he was cut out of the TV version. Also because the movie was too long. So imagine the look on my fucking face when I'm like, oh yeah, this scene, oh yeah, this scene, I remember this joke. What the fuck is that? Yeah, oh. God damn. You know who else is in this? People love poop. You know who else is in this? For her sins, Salma Hayek. Yeah, man. Come on. Being a woman in Hollywood is not easy. I guess. I can't say no. Is English your first language? No. Well. Oh, yeah, and she has to read his dialogue in, in, in English. I, mean, I felt despite, bad. I felt bad. Kevin man. Smith has a lot of faults, but truly the worst is a. All right, so here's what I think a cool guy would talk like. Yeah, exactly. Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. Yeah, Kevin. You know, one of the other problems is instead of jokes, he'll have references. There's a lot of references in this movie. So just things that other people have said and done, and it's like, here's a good example: Jay and Silent Bob, who are prophets. Ha ha ha. Uh, they're in this movie, and they're in. They're in Illinois, and they they were looking for Shermer, Illinois. Why Shermer, Illinois? Because that's in all the John Hughes movies. Yeah, shithead over here watched all the John Hughes movies, uh, John Hughes movies in a row. And he thought they were like really dope. They were like, oh, let's go to Shermer, Illinois. And there is no fucking Shermer, Illinois. And uh, apparently, like I was I was going through, uh, I was looking at the end credits of Mallrats. He says that uh, John Hughes was his favorite uh, director, and that was what inspired him to get into movies. I know a lot of people. Thanks for nothing, John. I think a lot of look. A lot of people like John Hughes movies. I like a couple, maybe. I, I think I think John Hughes movies are very overrated. I'm I'm completely serious about that. I uh, I think Kevin Smith is going to be viewed the same way as John Hughes. It'd be like, yeah, you know, he had a couple popular ones. Man, couldn't write, could not write. Like doing that. Here's a good one. Uh, in every single movie, uh, fucking Silent Bob has one line of dialogue. And like, oh, what's he going to say? You know, like, what's that one line of dialogue going to be? In this one, he uh, he throws one of the, the angels off the train. And one guy's sort of like, oh, my God, he just threw the guy off the train. And, and Bob's like, hmm. No ticket, which is a reference to Indiana Jones and The Last Crusade. I've seen that movie. Yeah. And the thing is, like, Kevin Smith is a better actor than he is writer or director. He's actually pretty good, or used to be good, as Silent Bob. I like his facial expressions. I like the way that he moves. That's He He seems natural. He seems like he's in the character. He seems like he's really good at that. But, I mean, the writing is just awful. But, like, now you know what his face is? The fa- I can't even describe the face. His face is a... It's a face he does all the time. And I know, like, maybe he's trying to show off that he's lost a lot of weight and he looks like a fucking cancer patient. He's like, oh, I don't have the neck thing anymore. But like now, his face every single time, he looks way better when he was fat. I'm not kidding. Please, yeah, he looks like shit. Please stop tweeting pics of yourself after you cried while watching a comic book movie. Also that, yeah, I'm begging you, just a close up with the how like PFT commenter does like the <laughs> TV at the fucked up angle, <laughs> except he just finished crying every time. Yeah, he does the no bitches thing, but he's. <laughs> 
his tears on his face. Be like, Wakanda forever. Oh, okay, cool. man. Please. Yeah. I'll tell you all. I'll tell you something good about here. Speaking of Jay and Silent Bob, I think Jay and Silent Bob were the best part of this movie. I think they're very, very funny. I, I laughed at almost all of their jokes. And that says a lot. And it. Jay trying to fuck that one girl constantly, that's really funny. Like, they are very good supporting characters. At no point should anyone ever told them, you should make a movie where these guys are the stars. Yeah, I got Well, I, I watched the, the Jay and Silent Bob movie a while back. I think I watched that before the show. I could be wrong, but... And I remember thinking to myself, wow, you're completely right. They can't carry a movie on their own. <laughs> oh, these are funny people that just like show up in the main characters' lives and are just these annoying fucking people. What if we just followed them for an hour and a half this is, with a bunch of movie parodies? This is the fucking thing about Viewers Universe fans that I don't understand. Is So you just heard them in the Mallrats, right? And they say, Snoochie Boochies. And uh, no one knows what that means, and I think it's just supposed to be like a silly thing that they say, you know? Sounds like fucking like going woogity 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 or whatever, or like Zimazama Lamos. And in this, they say. <laughs> second, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> in this, they say Snoogans. He has a hat that says Snoogans on it. Like, I'm pretty sure it's just stuff that Jason Mewes would say that cracks him up. So it's like, yeah, but if he... hey, just say that in the movie, but like, yeah. hey, let's not be the focal point of this movie, please. Yeah, unfortunately, I, I would have preferred if they were. They're so much better than everything else. I don't care about the conflict with Ben Affleck and Matt Damon, and they're talking about, oh, people do appreciate God's gift. Well, fuck you. Uh, yeah, like I'm that. watching Dogma. <laughs> yeah. That's a... I mean, let's just talk about the yeah. thing that crashes this movie, which is... Oh, what's her name? Our main character. Oh yeah, she just there lady, is dry delivery, comedy. and there is there is the fucking Gobi Desert. I Jesus guess. Christ, <laughs> crack a smile, lady. That's the thing. It's like I get it. You're the straight man, but you can make a joke. You can do something. You can tap dance or something. And you know what? Maybe it's not her fault. All right, maybe it's not her fault. Maybe she didn't have any funny lines written for her, and you have to adhere to that god awful script. But look. You gotta give me something. Do something with your face, please. Oh wow, you're in Asia. Nice to hear you tell Because now I'm instead of looking at you, I'm looking at Jason Lee. He's still in this. Oh my I mean, god, I would. I do I remember listening to the commentary as a kid in that early, early scene where she's with her friend Janine Garofalo. Kevin just like, oh. yeah, I should have switched their parts. <laughs> I really fucked up there. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Even oh. he, he does not, uh, he doesn't say a lot about her because he does not have a lot of nice stories about their time on set together. Was it Linda Fiorentino? Yeah. Who was at fault he did not get into? I'm sure he's not the easiest director to work with because he doesn't direct. He just gives you like five pages of monologue to read in one sitting because he can't edit it together. So yeah, I'm sure that's not fun for the actor to be like, "Hey, no human being has ever talked like this." Right. That always like... reminds me of that clip of Harrison Ford talking about George Lucas's dialogue and be like, "George, this is this is not a human being's talk. I'm not yeah, going to say this. This isn't fucking Sam, you know." Uh, but like again, the thing that keeps coming back to me is like I laugh too hard at too many moments to like not have a good time with this like i had generally like here's a good moment like when when uh they're walking along the fucking bridge or whatever they're like oh come on you can like guys like us they don't just fall out of the fucking sky and then chris rock falls out of the sky there's like a pause he's like 
beautiful naked big titted women don't just fall out of the sky. <laughs> I, it's a good bit. Yeah, it is a good bit. Like everything that Jay says is really funny. You know, I well, almost all of it. I uh, yeah. again, there's a lot of Star Wars references. You know, and you cannot escape it. Yeah, it keeps fucking happening. Um, I don't know, but like I. It feels weird. It's like my defense is like, well, like Jay, you know, <laughs> I think he's he's really the draw. But like, fucking Silent Bob does some funny stuff every once in a while, you know. I like that. Alan Rickman was a plus casting. Yeah, you know who was because you can almost feel his disdain for this whole movie. You know what's weird is he's actually able to deliver some of the lines better than everyone else because he's British. Is Kevin Smith secretly British? That reminds me of one of my favorite jokes is uh, like because Jesus was uh. Chris Rock says Jesus was black, and they say that uh, the main character, she's one of the great, 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 great descendants of Jesus. And Jay's like, wait, so that would make her part black? <laughs> <laughs> like, all the lines, like, again, he's like, well, a bit of sex is a bit of a joke down here. Like, he's able to do that. Alan Rickman's actually pretty good at this. I, I'm as surprised as anyone else. Because I'm not like a like huge cast. That cast all works together because of Alan Rickman being Alan Rickman. Yeah. And then just like the dumbest person you've ever met just tagging along because he's a biblical prophet. Yeah. So like my thing And about... also his fat friend who doesn't talk and he just like shrugs and gives his big eyebrows like, whoa, this yeah. guy. Whoa, he just said that? Wow. <laughs> oh, he's rolling his eyes making fun of me for wanting to fuck Chewbacca even though I look like him. Anyway, so like the thing about it is what I remember at the beginning, because I want to get back to this point. The reason I think that this is, like, a movie directed by a subtly religious person is you have a, a guy talking. It almost felt like he's a trad Catholic. Like, look at what the Catholic Church is doing. Trying to make the church more commercial? That, that's not good. It's a it, This is a movie that posits that God does exist, you know? It, it says, like, hey, take this shit seriously. Also, uh, there's a... The main character, she's Catholic, but she works in an abortion clinic, you know? And it's like... Maybe he, and then she finds religion at the end of the movie, and it's just like, oh, maybe it's trying to say something anti-abortion? I don't know. There, there was a, like, I'm not saying that he's anti-abortion, because I don't think Kevin Smith is anti-abortion. Look at him. But he, there is a line in which Jay says that he's standing, he and Silent Bob are uh, staying outside abortion clothes trying to meet women. It's like, yeah, they must be loose. They're trying to get abortions. They'll fuck anyone. And I'm like... Oh, that's a. Uh, it kind of feels like what the protesters are saying about people who go to abortion clinics, uh, but like, and then then again, like it's mostly silly stuff. I'm not gonna look up his Wikipedia and see like uh, he's anti-Catholic, but like I, this is also one where I am Catholic, and I remember there was a lot of anti-Catholic protests over this movie. There was one really rotten guy who wasn't even like a real Catholic priest; it was more like a Catholic advocacy group, you know, the people who firebomb abortion clinics and shit. Who was like, you know, railing against the movie Dogma. It's going to be so bad that you're going to demean Christ or whatever. And then the movie comes out. He hasn't actually seen it yet. And he asked for an advanced copy so he that, in quotes, he can speak about the movie intelligently. To which Kevin Smith had the all-time rejoinder, what has he been doing this whole time? <laughs> That's the thing that gets me. Kevin Smith is a funny guy. He's really funny. I just wish his movies would be. I think he was still Catholic when he made this. I know he's not anymore, but I think he still was at the time. Yeah. I don't know. I can't find like a definitive when he stopped practicing, but I think he still was. You know, you or he know. at least at the very least he was when he was still writing it early on. Okay, well I'm, I don't know if he was going to mass recommend, but I don't mind. It's whatever, you know. I can't keep up with anything myself. 
Oh, uh, actually, he had quite a bit of mass. Got him. <laughs> All right. Yes, one sir. Final, one final fat joke here. I was looking up the quotes from IMDb to be like, wait, what quotes by Jay did I like? Here it is. Uh, that was, uh, I was like, uh, so what's up? You have a friend for, final, for Silent Bob or are you going to do us both? If so, I'm first. I hate sloppy seconds. And she says, oh, you're a man of principle. Jersey's pretty far from McHenry, so uh, may I ask, what brought you here? Some fuck named John Hughes. 16 Candles, John Hughes? You know that guy, too? That fucking guy. He made this flick, 16 Candles? Not bad. There's tits in it, but no bush. But Ebert over here doesn't give a shit about that kind of thing because he's all, like, in love with this John Hughes guy. Which, calling him Ebert is such a fucking <laughs> double joke there. <laughs> <laughs> fucking weird science where this babe wants to take her gear off and get down, but oh no, she don't because it's a PG movie. <laughs> I can't get over he could take her gear off. <laughs> It's just such a weirdly ambitious movie by, by a guy who got a start of like, hey, I work this dead-end job with my friend and we have these weird conversations. Maybe other people will find them funny. Yeah. Just to be like, I'm going to pull like every string I can, get like actual real actors and comedians. Like, getting Chris Rock and George Carlin is not, that's not nothing in 1999. Right, yeah. It's... A huge swing, and then uh, he learned his lesson. He was like, oh, what was Jay and Silent Bob? Went on adventures. That'd be fun. I, I want to go with you. What, steady? You want to be my girlfriend? Okay, but Silent Bob gets to live with us, and you pay the rent. That's good. All right, that's the other... Every, I have to admit, everything else from this fucking movie is just references. There's so many fucking references. It's endless. Yeah. Absolute endless. Remember the scene where they're on a bus, and they're, like, de debating whether to kill that guy? And he's like... Uh, uh, this from the guy who still owes me 10 bucks over that bet about what was going to be the bigger movie, E.T. or Cush Groove. Uh, what the fuck? He references the... Every single one of these is just references. Oh my goodness. Yeah, he could really see uh, how early Viewersk Universe stuff really shaped uh, our generation of incredibly online annoying people. Yeah. Also, Alanis Morissette's in this. That's fun, because God's a woman. That's pretty fun. Yeah, it makes you think. Uh, nope. No, I, th I thought that was going to say. I don't know. Like, for all this movie sins, and God, does it have a lot of them. It's watchable. Certainly more watchable than Mallrats. I'm not embarrassed by it. I mean, you just look at everything he made since. It's like, well, you know what? He's good on you for, like, actually trying. Because, I mean, as we've seen, you could just make Clerks and Mallrats forever. I mean, Clerks 3 is staring at me on IP torrents, daring me to make the first move. Yeah. Oh, and Yoko. Well, that, I, that is a line that if you cross, you have already <laughs> yeah, fucking know, once yeah, this year. Yeah. If that's how it's going to be, then there's no well, going back. The good news is you don't get to assign me anything this week because we can't check how our teams did and we're not going to assign points. And uh, it's the No Game of Games episode where we're all nice to each other. That's good to know. Also, I've never seen Jersey Girl. Shame you can't announce it. Bye. Get fucked. <laughs> Oh, no. ah! And that's the tea, sis.